Welcome to Asbury Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week, we welcome Diane Shelton, Nina Summerlin, and Pastor Lydell Akins from the Prevention Coalition of Monmouth County, and we discuss the coalition's mission to reduce substance abuse in Monmouth County. We talk about the opioid crisis in Asbury Park in Monmouth County, and how the COVID emergency has affected their clients, their outreach efforts, and what we can do about it. Welcome, everyone. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official city of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. It is August 24th. Welcome to Asbury Pod, everybody. And, um, Welcome back, Joe. You missed last week's episode. We talked to Paradise about um, Paradise is a local club bar in Asbury Park. We talked to them a little bit last week about how COVID has been affecting them. And um, they were great. They were funny and fabulous. And people continue to refuse to wear masks. (laughs) Like, Like crazy people. Oh. Right? Like, uh, how yeah. can you not know when you enter paradise, you have to wear a mask? Like, if you get up and go to the bar, you have to wear a mask. Why does somebody have to escort you out of paradise because you refuse to wear a mask? I mean, and that's in like a gay club that it's not, you know, it's not like some right wing club. You know what I mean? It's like a gay club and they're, they have a daily problem with masks, which I think is. So well, I'm finding so I'm finding it's a it's across the spectrum. Like when I'm finding on my you know my yoga friend side, there's a lot of belief that it's like, well, if I've got enough vitamin D, I'm people think they're spiritually bulletproof, right? And right, which is not fair because if you've read the Old Testament, <laughs> pestilence does play quite a role, <laughs> uh, Reverend. So yeah, we can talk about that. But uh, uh, oh, we lost Diana, and um, lost Diana again. All right, we're going to keep going though. Right, so, and when she comes um, back on. And your vitamins, yeah, the virus doesn't care how spiritually pure you are. Like, there's reasons for things, right? And, so here, uh, I'm going to bring this one thing up in case the people listen to this don't listen to the Paradise one, but you should. And 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 the pe- the people, some of the people at Paradise who aren't willing to wear masks are saying they have antibodies. And so what's happening is, okay, you can have okay. <laughs> You still have to wear the mask. Like yeah. this isn't, you know, it's just, it's so funny to me that like even gay people are like, I'm not going to wear a mask. And it's like, okay, okay. Really? Hey. You're going to give our other gay places in town trouble. They said the first day they open, the very first day they open their pool and bar at four by four o'clock, they had to call the police Yeah, for, for non-compliance. But you think who who's showing up at the first on the first day? Like I haven't set foot in a store since March, so I'm like masked up. I I wear a mask. I'm down here in the basement. There's nobody here, and I'm wearing a mask, so right. I'm not showing up. But there's a, the people who are showing up on day one who are probably not as they, not as. And I'm not saying you have to be fearful. There's just, just 
you know, it's a little bit, can we all row in the same direction just for a little bit? Briefly, briefly. <laughs> so, okay, so Amy, are, who are we talking right, to today? Anyway, yes. So I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves and talk about, Diane's back. <laughs> I don't know what's going the, on. Those new fancy head codes, <laughs> headphones are a jinx, Diane. <laughs> I had this happen before. <laughs> um, so we're going to have everybody introduce. We're going to have Diane introduce first and get to lose her again. And then we'll go Diane, Nina, so, and Reverend uh, Lydell will introduce himself and then we'll, we'll go from there. Sometimes Joe and I go off on tangents. You just stop us and tell us to get back on track. So we're, uh, but you know, we're, so we're talking today to the uh, members of the prevention coalition of Monmouth County, right? Yes. Right, so let's, you know, so let's uh, everyone tell us, you know, uh, Diane, start, tell us who, who and why, and why are we talking? Why are we talking to, to that organization today? That's a good question. Why are we talking to them? Amy, that's, you know, we're talking about how has COVID affected their operations, like every other aspect of our lives, right? So, ladies, um, you got to jump in or else we'll just keep talking. Jump in. Yeah, jump in. Tell us what's going on. <laughs> Even though it says Paul McNeil, I had to change uh, screens there. Uh, Diane Shelton, and as you know, I, I am employed by Interfaith Neighbors. And as a result of that, we also serve on many different uh, community involved uh, organizations and coalitions. The purpose of the Monmouth, uh, the Prevention Coalition of Monmouth County is to bridge together organizations and community members in an effort to prevent and reduce uh, substance misuse through collaboration and coordination of resources. Um, I'm not going to continue because I know you want Lydell to introduce himself and Nina. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hi, I'm Nina Sumlin. I am the president of Westside Citizens United, um, and I'm also um, representing Prevention First Coalition, but I'm actually um, as a community member, not as an organization. Mm-hmm. And I just have to mention one thing to our to our listeners, which is Nina and Diane were on the very last in-person podcast by Shared Universe on the boardwalk. I'm going to say around March... 11th, 12th. It was like March 10th or something like that. It was super. Yeah. Something like that, yes. Yes, talking about uh, the amazing work that you do for Springwood Ad Rising. So maybe you could talk about that at the end of the podcast. But yeah, the, the so this is a little full circle in the sense that um, last time I saw you was in person looking out at the ocean and yes. thinking this yes. whole thing was going to pass <laughs> and Elizabeth Warren would be our next president. No, I'm just <laughs> um, but, um, but that was the last time um, I think Joe and I saw um, you both. So, yeah. so welcome back. Welcome back. Great to Thanks for having us. Right. And Reverend Lydell. I'll just jump in. Reverend Lydell Lakins, I'm lead pastor of Triumph Life Church. Uh, located in Oceanport, and uh, our Asbury location is reopening back up. I'm so excited. Okay. Uh, we've been launching with food giveaways every Saturday, so I'm get- really excited about that. Oh, but, well, that's big, uh-huh. big news that you're coming, that you're going to have have your branch back in Asbury. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And back in the same building or somewhere else? Same building. We own the building, so we're going to be opening right back up in that same location. So. Really oh, exciting. wow. Big news. Congrats. Welcome back. Reverend, where, where is that location for listeners? Um, it's uh, 1003 Asbury Avenue in Asbury Park. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. Right across from Chad Nibble. Yep. 
So I also work for the Monmouth County Prosecutor's Office, where I, I operate as their community law enforcement liaison. So uh, I'm on this PCMC, the Prevention Coalition Board as well, and where uh, I happen to lead this particular task force on opioid addiction and, uh, and substance misuse. And so I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having us. I would just jump in and say that um, the coalition has four different task forces. Mm -hmm. um, they cover different drug priorities, such as marijuana and tobacco, underage drinking, new and emerging um, drugs, trends, and then here we are with opioids. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I know we're here to highlight what our opioid task force has put together for basically International Overdose Awareness Day. And that will be August 31st. And I don't know if you all have noticed, Amy, did you notice? I know you did. I noticed the, um, the purple, <laughs> The purple flags. Yes. Um, they have been erected in many different um, townships and uh, across Monmouth County, Neptune Asbury Park, Neptune City, Freehold Township, Howe. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I miss anybody, um, but they are erected... Um, 99 flags, 99 purple flags to represent the 99 deaths that have taken place due to overdoses between January and July. In Monmouth County, Diane, or New Jersey? In Monmouth County. In Monmouth County. Yes. And, and is that an increase that from previous years? Do we know that? I do know that, but I don't have it right in front of me. Ladell, do you know that? I do know it's an increase. Um, yes, uh, it, it is. Um, we've had an uh, increase of uh, from 2013 to 2016. It's probably been an increase of 107 percent of okay. uh, opioid wow. addictions and so forth. So um, mm -hmm. this is a real big issue. And I, I know the Montgomery Prosecutor's Office, like this is majorly happening. Narcan and all the different things that are occurring is it's like such a rise where officers are, are having to utilize this. And uh, especially in Asbury, you know, I work as a chaplain. That's another uh, task I had I have on. I work as a chaplain in Asbury. They're using it in, you know, in and around uh, our community. And it's uh, so it's a real threat. Let's uh, let's talk about that. I saw that data from your website. Um the 100% increase and it's, it's shot. It's a shocking number. Right. Um, so let's talk about that. Why do we think um, is causing this surge in, in opioid abuse or damage? You know, is it something as simple as, you know, the medical community has been over prescribing opioid painkillers or too readily, or is there something more complex going on? I mean, I understand fentanyl arriving on the market has made things more lethal. Yeah. Um, but is that is, is is that the problem, or is it that that just made something you know drastically worse? Or do well, we not know? Well, well, let's press the button on COVID. I mean, yeah. COVID has caused people to be trapped in a condition. Mm -hmm. um, so the rise of opioid usage is is major. Um, and let's let's classify it so we can teach people what opioids is. It's hmm. basically something that binds to the receptors of the brain and produces feelings of uh, euphoria, a mm -hmm. calmness, um, a heightened relaxation. So mm -hmm. what are people doing? They're stressed out. They're going through stuff. So this is a combination um, that's uh, ultimately happened. So yes, I'll say it's prescription elements, but then people mm -hmm. are just aware of what can make them feel better. Right. Like I'm going to go out and do it. And so you have a recreational element that's happening. That's mm -hmm. uh, the black market necessarily. Um, in our community that's just on the rise. 
Yeah. I just want to jump in right there because um, as um, Lydell said, it's a combination of things Mm -hmm. and we have done uh, workshops and um, invited coaches and we're talking about sports now um, because we're talking about prescription drugs and a lot of these athletes um, were being prescribed opioids when they come in for um, injuries. Um, so we have had we had a uh, conference, uh, we say at Monmouth University to to um, bring that awareness to the coaches, different coaches across Monmouth County. And we yeah. had physicians there and um, and the youth, the youth attended also mm-hmm. the sports, uh, the the that, athletes. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, I mean, that that last point you mentioned, I, I know several people who have lost sons. Um, you know, and daughters, but the, I'm thinking in terms of the athlete um, angle, uh, where the re- initial contact with opioid came from an injury in high school football, separated shoulder, uh, a you know a meniscus surgery, or a, a, you know a knee injury, mm-hmm. and the re- the initial contact came with like either prescription of like oxycontin or Vicodin or something yeah. to that effect. So, um, which just you know, spiraled out of control and led to their ultimate death. Like, so it starts with Vicodin uh, or perhaps it ends up with, um, you know, the needle, which is quite shocking. I I was reading um, something. I'd never realized this before. Is it, is it Vicodin that has Tylenol in it? Um, Tylenol with codeine, whatever that is. I think, you know, uh, if you become addicted to that, eventually you have to switch to, you have to, people switch to heroin because the, Tylenol can cause liver failure. Yeah. So yeah. you get to a point where you get addicted to something where the Tylenol is so toxic that people switch to other opiates, more potent opiates as a safety move, which is counterintuitive. Like it's really, it was a really vicious uh, you know, condition. Well, you know what it is? It's chronic pain. People yep. don't want to be in pain. Yeah. You know, when chronic pain is a part of the process Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, well, how can I stop or reduce my pain? How can I reduce what I'm feeling? And uh, I mean, I have a daughter. She's a gymnast. And, you know, uh, we're, she's going through these elements. And we had to go through this process of teaching her, you know, let's be very careful of these. And we begin to teach her about certain elements. And because doctors will prescribe something because of chronic pain. And I think in our in our Asbury Park community, in our uh, you know, and, you know, you, you have these elements. We have some great football players that came out of our area. Yep. <laughs> some great football players. But mm-hmm. let's be, be real. Also, the, there's pain associated with um, these successes. And this is where the drug, uh, the drug world kind of comes into play. And I, I think in COVID and in this pandemic, you, you're at least I'm seeing, and, and and even one of the people doing it, elevating anything that makes you feel good, especially early on to deal with anxiety. So I was looking, somebody, I was having a conversation with somebody, and I think Joe and I have talked about it on the podcast, like you were seeing alcohol sales up like 60%, which wasn't shocking to me because everybody, including us, were drinking way more because we were so stressed out about what was happening and trying to understand what was happening. And cigarette sales were, you know, I don't smoke anymore, although I will say this pandemic has put a pause on that one for a minute. But um, you saw people smoking more because that was how you dealt with it. And so you normally drink two or three days a week. In this pandemic, you're now drinking six days a week. You normally 
you know, do a little bit of drugs a couple days a week in this pandemic has you so anxious that it's everything that you're doing to make you feel better is more. So it's not, it's not surprising to me at all about the increase in, I think just across the board addiction and, and there's a lot to be said for um, the athletes, but I will say growing up in a family with a sibling who actively has and continues to an opioid addiction, not, not injury, just, Right. Like tried it as a teenager. And then and then, you know, we, we haven't really seen that that little boy since. And it's maybe been 20 or 30 years at this point. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that um, I think it's injury, but it's also uh, back when when people were trying things like these kinds of drugs, the the, the full gravity at least I don't know that my brother had the full gravity of how far down the rabbit hole it was going to end up taking well, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone starts out like that, you know, no. too. and uh, I think they're often like, there's a self-medication aspect to this too. Like, you know, if I were to, um, I always use the t- this test when, you know, I was looking at Portugal and right? Portugal has a like, legalization of all of these drugs right? as a harm reduction model, not, not as sort of a moral thing, just like, you know what, all right, if you're addicted, you can get it from the pharmacy, but here we're going to connect, try to connect you to care. If it was, and I always ask people, uh, it's like, if it were legal in the United States, would you try heroin? And the answer is almost always no. Right. And I'm like, yes, but who's seeking it out right now? Like what's going on and, you know, undiagnosed, uh, untreated or undertreated you know, mental illness, like bipolar disorder, depression. There's a whole variety of things that are driving people in that direction that, and we have this hierarchy of, uh, of drugs, you know, uh, we're all okay with everyone's drinking. It's kind of our local, you know, it's true. Like, you know, my, you know, uh, you know, we're all the Asbury park. This you is know, a drinking town. This is a drinking town. Like, you know, we're all on board. It's like, yeah, like take the to go cups. It seems all right. So, but if someone, you know, drinking to feel a little better, we're like, yeah, that's socially we're like okay that's okay but when we hear like well you know they turn to opioids we're like mm, there's some sort of like well there's some other weakness going on there and that's just not fair right and i don't think anyone plans to end up an addict there's always some other i you know and it's, so it's, that's part of the tragedy it's sort of a misstep and mm-hmm. it's a you know the curb is pretty big <laughs> well you take that combination you know you know the drinking aspect yeah. so you have the drinking aspect and you have a pain reliever Mm-hmm. You have something that you, you have a pain that's going on and you don't, most people aren't cognizant of that when they go out to drink, Oh wait, I just took something for my leg for this. And then you go into our social aspect and you know, our drugs are now recreational at such a heightened level. Um, and yeah. that's what we're experiencing um, is a recreational aspect. And I think Amy, you said it best, you know, before you might say, Oh, I'm just going to do this on a weekend. Well, I'm stuck home. Now the weekend turns into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. (laughs) And here I am, (laughs) you know, um, but you know, if I could segue to say, you know, I'm so glad our prosecutor's office, along with our attorney general, New Jersey cares operation, helping hand grant, they established a 24 seven hotline helpline, which you see the billboards all over, um, you know, going into Asbury, going into Neptune. I've seen them. Yeah. Ocean. It says 833 OHH care. Um, it's a recovery coach program 24 seven because of what's going on with COVID because of the crisis we're in, you know, I'm so excited that they established this, that is 24 seven hotline. Someone's available to assist you. Reverend, could you repeat that number? Let's let's get that out there to people. 833-833-OHH-CARE. C-A-R-E. They made it that simple. 
Yeah. I mean, there's people waiting to re- reach out. This actually leads into another question I had, like, you know, the recovery process is complicated, you know, and people do need assistance. So as the COVID crisis it changed access to medically assisted treatment for people who are seeking help. Have you, you know, as the, cause the coalition had trouble. So if people are reaching out to, you know, to resources for assistance, are we having trouble placing them uh, or getting them medically assisted care or, 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 or has the state done a good job uh, and has the community done a good job being able to secure that pathway? So I just speaking as somebody who has a sibling, I feel like it was hard to get a bed for an addict pre pandemic. It let alone <laughs> during or post pandemic, you know, there it's, it has never been my experience. And I, and I, I say this as somebody who's made calls many times over the course of their lives. I never call and they're like, we're ready, bring them in. Right. <laughs> that, that is never the answer of the call you make. No. Right. And you're like, I have five minutes, right. I have him in my car. He's eating. No. I got five minutes to bring him to you, but that is not, that is not the response. I have, I, at least in my, in my 20 years of calling. Well, well, you know, there are some great programs in Monmouth County. Um, I, I mean, and um, please, uh, Diane, please jump in and, and save me here. But one of the programs <laughs> that I think is phenomenal is Recovery CNT. They're uh, a drug addiction treatment program in Freehold. Um, and, and Amy, that's one that I love because they don't put them in a the bed. They teach them how to go home and live. At the same time, you know, they teach you how do you, so they, they treat you. The doors are always open. They've been open all through the pandemic, which I love this program. Um, and they, they, they treat you and then they teach you how to go home and live because um, this particular program, Recovery uh, CNT um, out of Freehold, they, don't, they believe that you're going to have to learn how to go back into your, your, um, your environment and live and deal with the stresses and how do you kind of still go through it and stay off of that substance? That's, I mean, that's one of our programs. They're uh, not our programs. They're just not a part of the prevention coalition. Right. It is one in Monmouth County that I think is like amazing. And how have, and, and maybe Diane, you can answer this. How has the, or, or, or like any, any, all three of you, how mm-hmm. has the treatment changed? You know, how has the treatment changed pre and post COVID and, and has it? So I'm, I'm really just taking Joe's question and making it mine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you waiting oh. for me to answer like that? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, jump, I'll jump in, but I don't, yeah. you know. I don't, as far as change, I don't know if it has changed. Um, I haven't. Are you talking about the modalities that they use in treatment? Has that changed? Or and, well, I guess a little bit more like the procedure. Like I guess you can't just, you know, there. I assume there's testing before anybody goes into any sort of facilities, and and then uh, I don't know that there's outbreaks in facilities, but preventing that's got to be difficult. And um and and maybe that speaks a little bit more to the specific treatment providers. And I think that would. Um, I don't really have the answer to that. I just know that many have been used, I don't know, I guess it's okay to say like Discovery House and, and those that are out in Marlboro. And I know they have to call first. Um, one time I heard that they had to have used within so many, I, I don't know if all that's still true, um, which makes it difficult for somebody who's trying to stay clean. Um, you're telling me I have to use it before I can come in. I don't yeah. know if that's true. Um, 
Well, I'll say uh, a lot of things have uh, changed during this treatment element of trying to treat people. Um, of course, uh, beds and so forth, and these things are have been, you know, uh, like you said, Amy, you said you, you kind of answered it almost by saying they were scarce before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now it's even more of an issue. Funding has been affected tremendously. Uh, several funding sources have been cut. Um, several grants have been affected. So the money element is being uh, ultimately affected as well. How much money from the federal government and the government that, that um, has been issued to these resource centers have been greatly um, altered. Um, and so, you know, there's a challenge. There, there's a challenge. And now I must say our job from a coalition is preventive more than medical and so forth. Right. We look, we work from a preventive side. So we're yeah. looking for the opportunity to end to prevent these aspects um, more so than the- From ever happening. Right. Yes. Our okay. job is to prevention. Um, we've been working on those elements of how do we create preventive measures? How do we create um, uh, ways to, if it does happen, we do connect to services, but our job and what we've been a pre uh, prevention coalition is how do we create an educational environment that stops the person from in ever entering into entering. that process? How do we stop them from the misuse? How do we get them before they get lose their innocence, as you would say? Mm -hmm. And so, so that's one of our major uh, missions and assignments as a prevention coalition. And how do you do that? <laughs> Wonderful question. <laughs> Diane, you want to jump in there? <laughs> I didn't hear what she said. Say it again. I said, how do you prevent people from oh. going down this path? Well, listen, a lot of the programs, uh, especially with Prevention First, um, which we're under the umbrella of Prevention First, um, they have a lot of programs that are in school, uh, working with um school age children at an early age, um, because that's where some of that needs to begin. It's kind of hard to stop somebody after they become adult, if you understand what I'm saying. So it's it, prevention starts at an early age and, and um, they have programs. Um, I'm trying to think right off the top of my head. I didn't think you're going to ask me, but there are a lot of different programs and meditation, even the meditations in the school with um, kids, um, even though that's not directly linked to substance use, the whole meditation and getting to be aware of themselves, that, that's helpful, starting in the school age. What were you gonna say like that? About, yeah, I'll jump, out, jump in. We also yeah. have a program for um, uh, realtors that we did um, where we're teaching realtors how oh, yeah. to uh, secure safe home, safe secure, um, safe home, safe sale. And teaching realtors how to, if you're selling a house, how to secure those opioid drugs, those things that might be in people's Medicaid, uh, medicine That's cabinets. That's one program that we've done, prevention. Um, uh, we're also working with funeral homes and get, trying to get into them as well, that when they know someone's deceased and they, they, you know, there's, those things are in the home, securing those. We also are doing senior programs where um, we go into the seniors and we do a disposal kit where they can just put the, uh, uh, a little um, a little drug inside the thing, shake it up with a little water, and it uh, completely dissolves their medication, the old medication, different things like that. So we teach it, we're teaching our seniors how to um, not have their drugs readily available for those who may come over and visit and so forth. And that's, <laughs> there you go, Those, that's a safe bag. That's a realtor bag that Nina's holding up. Um, 
you know, but th- those programs are, are, are really being uh, effective. But then the, for the average person, we're doing education, we're doing classes, we're doing trainings on Facebook and ways to connect with them uh, to try to get them um, uh, the tools they need to kind of cope uh, before they go down that road and to educate them on what you should and shouldn't look at as far as when you're talking about pain relief and chronic pain process, how do you shift that? And what are the uh, alternatives to that process? And so those are a few ways that we try to preventively um, get ahead of this uh, thing. I would jump and I have in to and just say that um, your children, your your teenagers, um, was helpful um, to the coalition because they did a TikTok. Yes. Um, because we know that our youth now are TikToking out. Um, so <laughs> one way to cat capture their interest and capture because as soon as they, I know it's just a brief minute, uh, a brief minute that you see those TikTok, but it stays with the youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, TikTok is wow. They, they did a tremendous job for us. Thank you. And I imagine moving forward, right? So you're not going to have access, Lydell, to to schools, to many schools at least in Monmouth County for the next. You know, at least in Asbury, certainly on or about November one, they're not they're not going to be doing in in class. So I assume a lot of it is via Zoom, which I don't know about for you guys, but can can be. So I have a I have conflicting feelings with Zoom. Like sometimes I have some meetings can completely get everything accomplished via Zoom. I would imagine talking to people about a topic like this that's that's hard to really communicate the gravity via Zoom. Yeah, the playing ground has definitely changed. I mean, I think all of our playgrounds have altered. I mean, this would probably be in person, you know. Uh, (laughs) We would be in a room together, you know. There's so much has shifted. However, not just Zoom, and I think uh, uh, Diane mentioned it, it's being creative now. We're out the box. The box is completely thrown out, and we're redesigning education. We're redesigning connectivity with people. We're thinking of new ways. So she said um, TikTok, Instagram. Facebook, creating social media, um, um, you know, ads where we are ultimately educating and connecting resources. I did an interview um, on opioid from a pastor and religious standpoint. Um, another person did it on a medical standpoint. So we, we, we of course, have to shift our playground. Um, but hopefully and hopefully we'll figure a way to get into the schools and to address it from some form of media aspect that they're going to be providing through the school. I, I mean, we're all I think we're all relearning how to connect. Mm-hmm. I like the, uh, that you're involved in the schools and you can't really do it too young, to be honest. You know, uh, my partner Rita is a social worker with Hyacinth Foundation in Trenton. So she often sees the other end of the addiction, you know, and when she's talking to her clients. Why don't you say what the Hyacinth Foundation is? Jeff? So Hyacinth Foundation is a New Jersey HIV and AIDS foundation. And so many of her clients, um, you know, we're HIV, uh, we're IV drug users and such, and or or have um, um, uh, active drug addictions and things. And you know, and uh, you know, it's often the case that sometimes her clients, their first exposure to drugs, were in the home at like twelve or thirteen, right? And so. The question is, well, what was going on in your house at that time? And so there's sometimes there's not safe houses. Like some of our kids are like school is safer and more stable for them than their home. Uh, so that's where you can really capture their attention and say, okay, you know, these are things that are can do you harm. And and, and probably and we probably do it in a much better way. That was when when Amy and I were in school, we had those dare things. Uh, 
you know, the Nancy yeah. Reagan thing. I don't think those are very effective. I, I, I think the, the end result is, I, 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 is the way, the way they did it at the time, I feel that it actually made things worse. People were like, Oh, that's kind of nerdy. Like, maybe there's something fun involved here where, but I think if you approach with, with some, with some reason, like this is the, like the same way we do with smoking. A lot of kids don't smoke and really numbers of people who smoke have gone down, down, down because we're very upfront. These are the dangers of smoking. This is, this is what it'll cause you. And, um, you know, if you approach it with some like science and, 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 um, connection say, you know, this is bad for you and this is the way it's going to end. I think, and early is, you know, is, is really necessary because, you know, we don't know how, you know, how exposed to kids are outside of the classroom. And it's probably a lot more than we think, you know, at younger and younger ages. Definitely oh, yeah. community. No, no, definitely within our Asbury Park community. I mean, mm-hmm. it's definitely a, you know, the exposure in the home issue is is a, a key component to um, the beginning usage and mm-hmm. the introduction of it. So, yeah. And so, I want, oh, oh, no, go. go ahead. I just want to um, throw in something that I think we kind of just jumped over it. When we're talking about um, the community, and we just recently, the Opioid Task Force, put together cards, resource cards, um, or referral cards, and all the police departments got them, so that the police officers would have something that they could pull out to look for whatever the problem may be, whether it's a sexual offense or, I mean, um, domestic um, violence. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the card has all kinds of referrals, resources on it. Um, and I think that was one thing that the opioid task force came up and they just police officers through um, Officer Lydell, uh, Officer Lydell, Reverend <laughs> Lydell <laughs> just got, uh, got the bundle of those cards that the police officers are using. Uh-huh. Also, I don't know how you guys, but I feel I'm 43 um, and I've I have felt over the years there's a shift on how we um, view people who suffer from addiction as opposed to right um, there as the years progress we seem to get slightly kinder to um, people with addiction as opposed to what you know ha- how we treated them before is that is that is that something that you've kind of seen over the years as well or Yes. 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 I, I think that was a great way to put this. Uh, and I think, I think honestly, like now is the time that um, people are more aware of the fact that you don't know what goes on in other people's homes. Like you don't know what's there um, unless you live there or you've been there type of thing. So I think a lot of people have, you know, their emotions are a lot more comforting now than pointing the finger at people. So yeah, a lot of people have changed that concept. Especially since they now see addiction as an illness, okay, is diagnosed. Um, Before that, I think, as far as looking down at people and talking about people who were suffering from addictions was more prevalent than it is now. I think it's gotten better um, because it's seen as a illness. I think uh, Joe said it best in our beginning. I think he said, uh, you know, people think there's a moral element. <clears throat> there was some moral yeah. failure. Um, you know, he was talking about the, the play of that with how people treat things. But this is really an illness. And something has to, we have to keep working 
at educating, but also continue to create those atmospheres where people feel okay if your family member is struggling or dealing with it, that it's okay to talk about it. And you don't have to, you know, before I remember there were black sheeps uh, and there still are black sheeps in our families, uh, <laughs> you know, but my, 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 my family member, and I'll just share my testimonial to say mm -hmm. why this is passionate for me. I have a family member. He was in and out of jail. Um, he's been clean now for two years and out of jail for the first time in two years with his own place. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just, it's so exciting to see him. But then COVID happened and he lives right in Asbury, one of the, um, you know, and COVID happened and he had to get back, go into an inpatient uh, program. Um, and, I, and I was like, man, you know, he goes to church. He was coming to church. He was doing everything, but church shut down. Every mm -hmm. He's not able to come to church. And there he goes. He's now in a program. He's back out. He's home. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for him. I'm celebrating him. But mm -hmm. it's those scenarios for me. I'm just sharing why I became like passionate about it. Why I'm, why I'm like on board with this to say, hey, we got to keep pushing because it, it, it touches us personally. Um, you know, it's you know my personal family is affected by this. I think well, all of us. Well, I think myself. we're discovering now, right? Yeah, there's is there a family out there that hasn't been right now? It's so prevalent. Yeah. yeah. And you're right about the, the addiction. Like addiction overrides reason. Can I just? Right? Oh yeah, you? please. Yeah, come on, Diane. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean <laughs> Good. Uh, it froze on me. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, no, I was just saying, I was saying uh, to, to follow up to Pastor's point is that, you know, addiction overrides reason here. Like, you can't expect someone who's in the throes of addiction, they're not making rational choices or moral choices. You know, uh, the brain is sort of screaming more mm -hmm. in their ear, regardless of their best intentions. And so, you know, it's like if a ball was a little out of sync. It's going to like a pool table. So it's a little out of, out of true. It's the balls are all going to sort of tend toward the, the one corner, even if you push it the other direction. So, you know, that's the, the treatment to, to break that sort of gnawing in the head that, that gnawing whispering in the head that's saying, you know, do more, do more so they can make a, 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 a you know, a, a decision that moves in a straight line. Cause right now it's like having gravity. Um, it's invisible but it's pulling them in one direction. And it's, it's, it's insidious. And it's all these addictions too. alcohol. Like my family, you know, I'm Irish. I always like to say we have like a, you know, a, gr a group subscription to AA as a, <laughs> being honest, like a family plan, <laughs> you know, you know, but on your birthday, you get the blue book as a kid, like here, you know, um, but um you know, so it's, but all of these things, like, it, and it's easy to, to write off relatives and be like, well, you know, they're lost. Right. But in fact, they're trapped. It's a different issue. They're everyone. We know right where they are and they're trapped. And yeah. it's, uh, you have to understand what opioids does. It is, and, and I'm not a doctor, but it binds the opioid receptors in the brain and, and that feeling that you feel of calm and that feeling. And it, that's what it does. An opioid attacks those receptors in the brain that gives that feeling of, 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 Oh, I'm in a, the perfect place and so forth. Wherein, so when, what you're talking about, Joe, is that, could you imagine that's what people live for to get that feeling? They want to feel that relaxation. And, and that's what that opioid uh, does, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is. And so it's real tough. So as a family member, if you can understand that that's the, what's pressing at them, 
That's mm-hmm. the, what's grabbing at them. And that's, what's pulling at them. You can understand that that's why they need help. That's why we got, you know, you got to not uh, shame them into the process, but really walk them through the process. Right. Cause every addict I know is already like walking around with shame. Like no one, no one, you know, like already they know what the problem is and they feel it and they feel the eyes of everyone on them. Right. And so there's no need to contribute that. Um, because, uh, you got to be able to like turn a light on and show them like in this direction. And it's hard, it's hard to do. Right. And so resources like this are important. And, um, and I can't imagine COVID is probably just blowing up the system for so many people, like their resource. I can't like, uh, like, you know, I'm losing my mind and I, I've got a lot of support and things. So I can't imagine people lose their support, lose their job, lose their, I just, it just really, what a a catastrophe. Right. Um, Were you going to say something? Um, because I don't know when it's going to, I just want to get this in there, that sure. the Monmouth County uh, Board of Chosen Freeholders um, will be um, putting into effect a proclamation um, tomorrow, August 25th, at their meeting. Um, and they invite the community to attend, um, rain or shine, it will be at the Freehold Township Municipal Building. Is that tomorrow or the 26th? So, uh, so there's two parts. The proclamation. Two parts. Yeah. Uh-huh. The proclamation meeting is on the 25th, yeah. but the community is invited to attend on the 26th, which is the social distance style outside experience um, at 11 a.m. at the Freehold Township Municipal Building located at One Municipal Plaza. And there's several stakeholders. I'm so I'm so proud of our stakeholders. Like, I'm talking about the freeholders, um, the prosecutor, the sheriff. Everyone jumped on this international thing and said, you know what? We need this in Monmouth County. Yeah. Um, due to the deaths, uh, over 99 deaths, you know, we're, we're, we're in need of this. And it was just really great. So it's our overdose awareness day um, in Monmouth County. And I have to say, I didn't even know this existed until Diane sent an email about um, Overdose Awareness Day, let alone that it was international. I think, mm-hmm. you know, many, I, I think I, I'd be surprised if if we, if we you find a family de- that has not experienced some level of addiction that um, people either do or do not know about. But, um, you know, I think kind of for a long time, there's lots of shame when you're in the family of, of somebody who's addicted. And, right. and um, to your point, Joe, like um, they're, they're, you know, down this kind of nonlinear path. But when you're um, when you're in close proximity, it can be frustrating and difficult um, when you're hiding checkbooks when they come to visit, mm-hmm. you, you know, mm-hmm. things like that that you have mm-hmm. to do. So, um you know, I think it's a complicated issue all around. And, and the idea that there's a day that um, draws our attention to it, but also um, even like allowing us to have a conversation of, you know, these are things that um, that are affecting every, all of us in some capacity, maybe a little removed, maybe it's a friend's family member, maybe it's um, a parent or sibling or, or, or yourself. But um, I think things like this that, take it out of the closet um, of shame and talk about it as um, ways that we can kind of have an honest dialogue and, and um, ways that we can help prevent I want to follow on up on one. I'm sorry. No, okay. I'm sorry, Amy. I wanted to follow up on one thing you said. Yeah, you, you, what you said is uh, correct about the difficulty of dealing with someone with addiction. And it's why these, these organizations are important. You know, I, I talk to a lot of prospective social workers in my job 
um, at the university. And I, you know, I always stress this point to students expressing interest. It's one thing to want to help people. It's another thing entirely to encounter people who need your help. And it can be difficult. And especially if it's a family member, a part of the, uh, someone who's in the throat of their addictions, they hit the people they love first in terms of like their, their you know, and so that's why if you're a family member reaching out for assistance, like so, uh, groups like this can help, can help you through that because it's hard to deal with them as a one-on-one as a family member. Right. So you do need assistance because, you know, right. They're, like you're, they're hiding checkbooks. Like they're, you know, they're, they're just difficult. No, I'm do. hiding checkbooks. I'm uh, hiding oh, I'm checkbooks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had that backwards, uh, but uh, yeah, right. Uh, you know, you have to, and that's part of the, the difficulty The you know, destroys family dynamics because of that. And that's part of the malicious nature of the illness. So reaching out to prevention coalitions can help in, and, and community organizations can help you get resources to help bear that load. Um, and um, I don't know. That's and I think there's this constant state of anxiety that at some point you're going to get the call. Right. And the call is going to be that this person overdosed. Right. Yeah. And so you spend many years uh, racing yourself for that call, but certainly hoping and praying you don't get it and that things turn around similar to your family member, Lydell. But I have to imagine that, um, many, many people, including myself, just brace, you know, you also have to race for uh, the, 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 the worst and mm-hmm. although hope, hope for the best. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to describe it another way. I should not keep talking. I feel like I'm bringing down this podcast. Let's move on. Yeah. Well, it's funny, our, uh, you should have had a guest host on this one. Though, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave you all money for my therapy session. <laughs> well, just because you said that, I just want you to know that the coalition is made up of all sectors from law enforcement to um, treatment facilities. We have school districts on the coalition. Um, we had a physicians on the, so it's made up of all sectors. We have um, faith-based, so when we come together and we talk about what kinds of things, we have all sectors of the community across the county sitting on the coalition. So I just wanted to, so we, we'll find you a therapist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Maybe some are listening right now. Send us an email uh, at asburypod at gmail. Right. If you're a therapist. Um, and now are these meetings, second, are they all uh, via Zoom? Right now, they're all oh, by Zoom. They're all by Zoom. The, or, uh, our usual way was monthly, and we would um, rotate across the county. But right okay. now, yes, it's by Zoom. Um, so, let, yeah, let's. if someone wants to get involved, how do they do that? So if you want to get involved, um, we, there's our coordinator, our PCMC coordinator. Her name is Kate McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, KM. C-C-A-R-T-H-Y at preventionfirst.net. Um, you can contact her. She is our, man, she's amazing. Yes, she is. Um, she does so much yeah. in every task force, not just opioid, but tobacco and alcohol and uh, trending drugs, um, you know, plotting where drugs and things are happening. She's amazing. So she's the way to, uh, you can email her to connect. Of course, you can visit our, our website at PCMC. Uh, Dinette. So that's another way to connect as well. And Diane, where are the flags if people wanted to kind of go and, and pay respect for the 99 people who sadly overdosed? Well, at uh, most of this, the one, the cities that are, or townships that are participating, um, they're at the municipal building. In fact, 
one young lady told me, I was wondering, she was coming from Freehold and she was wondering what the purple flags were. So I told her what it is. So there are different areas, Asbury Park, Neptune, Neptune City, Howe, uh, Freehold. Um, oh, I didn't say I Asbury. Oh, I'm sorry, Asbury Park. Um, <laughs> How could you forget? That's the. I thought it was the first one I said. <laughs> I thought yeah, it was the first one you said too. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, you said it. You said it. I'm just no, Nina. Those fancy headphones, Diane. Nina said. No, Nina said Hazlitt, right? Nina, you yes. said Hazlitt and Homedale, right? And um, yeah, Coast Neck, Coast Neck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was. You're looking at your website. Um, Caitlin's contact. You have a contact us right on this. So it's PC, PCOFMC.org. And you click to contact us and you, you can get a hold of Caitlin there. Can I say one thing? I'm glad to see that you guys have gambling there. Yes. yes. You know, I ha- I've had a lot of vices in my life. Gambling is not one of them. But I, I've like when I see those online ads for, uh, for TV ads for online casinos, it drives me crazy. It's like people's lives are going out the window. Uh, and that is a d- devastating kind of compulsion too. So I'm glad to see you have that. Gaming those. and gambling, it should say, I believe. Uh, yeah, gaming and gambling. Yes, yes, yes it does. The, yep. the gaming aspect of it is Fortnite, um, and and this oh. there's a whole new world. Yeah, uh, that, and people are getting sucked into that. They're they're losing their shirts. Well, uh, right. Yeah, I right. Because because get real money in virtual games. Yeah, being lost in virtual games, which is yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. Um, I have a gambler too. COVID's made it work. In my family yeah. as well. Do you? Uh, hey. Name a third. Like, I'll go for the trifecta, folks. Name me a third. Well, I, I think they're they're over they're they over they're overlapping issues, right? So it's yeah. uh you know and um you know I always I I always. Uh, in my life, I've worked with people who had gambling problems. It's just as bad, uh, just as debilitating as these other issues too. So I'm glad. I was glad to see you have resources for that too. So reach out, you know, if you're listening and have now on a love uh, with these. Our, on our days, just to say, uh, those are wear, wear purple days. So August 26th and August August 31st is the main day, of course. Mm-hmm. But on August 26th, uh, when we go to the um, municipal plaza, we're wearing purple. Um, to support. And so as well as August 31st, you could throw some purple on, snap a picture, throw it up on Facebook and say, hey, I'm supporting International Opioid uh, Overdose Awareness Day um, on August 31st. Do you know what the am hashtag the is for one, that? Do you, do, am I the only one who, do I, like, so I carry a Narcon kit with me. I have one in my car. I do too. I feel, yeah. So I always have a Narcon kit. I'm going to guess, Joe, your girlfriend, Rita, also always has a Narcon kit. You know, I don't know if we happy have. I haven't had to use it. Me <laughs> too. Exactly. I'm happy I haven't had to use it. Yet. Yeah, I haven't had to. And for those of I mean, and for Asbury residents who are listening, we can get uh, Narcan for the homes or friends at the Visiting Nurse Association right in town, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. It's good to have around because you don't know who's struggling and you may need it and may come up on someone. And, you know, and you're protected by the Good Samaritan law. So if you see someone, you can't harm yes. somebody with Narcan if they're not on opioids. And it has a particular effect, at least. Maybe someone can call in and like, I believe that's, I, I read that. So maybe now I'm like, did I just throw out medical advice? I'm not a doctor. Uh, disclaimer. You can't yeah, to us. That's a good disclaimer, Joe. I just say yeah, I'm yeah. a doctor. So uh, just so you yeah. know. <laughs> but just um, so you know, uh, yeah, yeah. 
All right. Can I do a couple of light, yes. lightish hearted questions or should I not do it after this? Time? Okay. All right. Well, so, yeah. We usually, yeah. We usually have a more lighthearted conversation, but this is such a heavy issue that, uh, yeah, let's, uh, Amy, go ahead. Okay. So one question that I don't think we guys at, we asked, um, Nina and Diane before when we were, when we did, um, Springwood Ave Rising was one of the questions that we've started asking people are places in Asbury that you've missed that are now gone and people in Asbury that were here that are now gone. So I'm going to ask all three of you that because you all, well, certainly Diane and Nina live here and Lydell, I mean, you, you had your, you had your congregation here for many, many years. Right. I grew up in Asbury. I taught in Asbury, in Asbury. <laughs> and I taught in Asbury High School for three years as a history teacher. And then you moved to Neptune. Well, I always lived in Neptune, but I taught, okay. I taught in Asbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Still, still doing that Neptune. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just you know we're, we're we're brothers and sisters. We are. We are. <laughs> Apparently, unless we're playing football, which I know nothing about, but I do know that there's a rivalry in football. That's about yeah. the only thing I know about football. Um, okay, places that are that were here that are now gone. Hit it. Hmm. I'll start with Westside Community Center. I used to play basketball there. I grew up playing That's basketball. That's still there. technically it, here, I doubt. It is here, <laughs> but it, the basketball court is not here. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I used to play basketball there. They used to have recreation. So even though it's there, the basketball programming is not there. So I'll say from a programming standpoint, that's not there. <laughs> And I'll do another one in the carousel where I used to yeah. ride the horses. Yeah. Um, yes. The building is there, but that horse getting on those horses and the game, I sit down with my family. Um, uh, I remember my mom and I, my mom was a single mom, had me when she was 17 years old and uh, she was working at McDonald's. And that was one of the highlights of our weekend. We would go down to Asbury ride and she would uh, pay for me to go on all the rides down there. The carousel <laughs> down there it was just an amazing time. Wow. And how about you, Nina? I would say Nahans, because that's where my mom used to buy all my shoes from. Hmm. Now I can't get good shoes no more. <laughs> <laughs> where was that, Nahans? Um, it was actually on this side of Springwood Avenue. Uh-huh. On the west side. Uh-huh. Um, hmm. Actually, and, and the... I guess the, the what I miss the most now is we're losing members from Westside because we just lost a member. Mm -hmm. How about you, Diane? Um, my first thought was the turf club. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because um, even though I do not recall all the the names of different groups that other people a little older than me can't recall, I do remember trying to sneak in there with <laughs> that the uh, first chance I got, um, and it was like wow as a teenager. Um, so any kind of um, that's my first. Um, then my second would be, again, what's already said, the carousel and going down. I mean, going down to the boardwalk was something totally different than what it is now. Um, going down to the boardwalk, we met there Easter. We met there, I mean, every weekend. It seemed like there was so much going on that for us 
as teenagers, at least, that that's where we would always head to. And especially um, the bumping cars that used to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend thumbs up for that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And now where were the bumper cars? I mean, I know where the horses were, but I'm not sure I know where the bumper cars. Is that where like Wesley Grove was? Same. They were in there. Same. Oh, they were all in the same. They were in there. Bumper cars. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 pier, the, the pier used Arcades. to go out over the water. Right? Arcades. Yeah. But the pier used to go out over the water, right? So they were all in that. Because uh, that's where I went fishing the first time. Okay. I was brought fishing. So I remember fishing off the pier. Yes. Uh, and um, so, yeah, that part. And Diane, just to know, um, the musical group, one of the musical groups there, uh, my uncle used to be in it back in the 60s, 70s, okay. um, called the Ray Dots and the V8s. My oh. uncle was the uh, the bass singer for that group and wow. um, he used to sing wow. at the surf club. Um, he, uh, fortunately, we lost him to COVID. Um, oh. Yeah. oh, my God. Um, Sorry, yeah. I lost my uncle to, to it, you know, but uh, he used to sing there. Wow. Okay, I'm going to have to get that name again so that we can put it up because we've been trying to add different names. Of, if you I, I have his album, the by the way, mural. too. I have his <laughs> album. There you go. What do you say? He said he has his album. I have the album. He has his album. Okay, because we want to keep adding to the, if anybody has seen the mural, uh, we want to keep adding to that. And just describe the mural real quick, Diane, because it's amazing. Um, well, it's in partnership with um, Azrae Park um, African American Music Project, uh, the Turf Club, which I don't know how long it's been there, but it was starting... It had, was not being used for over, I don't know how many years. And as we go into the revitalization and, and, and improving the Springwood Avenue corridor, we wanted to do something. Um, it, is a, it is what, like a, a landmark for the West Side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had it, uh, an artist, we commissioned an artist, Larry Walker, and he came in and he did the, the basic uh, mural design for us, which has... Oh, D. Holland, a picture of D. Holland. We have, um, who else do we have up there, Nina? Clarence. 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 Yes. <laughs> There's musical notes around, um, but it's not quite finished. But the, the artist did do all that we had asked him to do, but we thought we use um, have local uh, community members come and help us with the last, the, the final of that. In fact, Habitat for, uh, Coastal Habitat for Humanity is coming on Thursday to measure the marquee. Because if you look, there's a marquee and that we want to have something added there. And so they're gonna come measure that for us. Oh, great, great. Um, so my son just came through. So uh, <laughs> just uh, one more time, do the two events, um, the two events so we can just plug them and how, and, uh, you know, five seconds on how people can help. Okay. Gladell? So August 26th is our uh, event where a rain or shine, 11 a.m. at the Freehold Township Municipal Building, um, where we're going to be into, introduce International Overdose Awareness Day on behalf of Monmouth County. And so that that event is uh, really, we love people to plug into. And on August 31st, it's actually gonna be in Red Bank at 6 p.m. Um, another event just highlighting um, that, and I'm missing the address on that one. Hmm, I'm so sorry. 
Um, but that event is going to be August 30, uh, 31st. That's going to be in conjunction with uh, our opioid task force as well. So ask your, list, your listening listeners to wear purple on August 31st. Okay, will do, will do. All right, thank you everybody for coming. Thanks for talking about this topic. <laughs> And yeah, everyone, thanks for jo- joining us. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, I think it's a great show. And Amy, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. They can